Howdy, fans! You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live. Left circle, Stamkos. Holds, holds, shoots, scores! Stamkos! Again! The latest lightning news, interviews, and more. Wow. With your host, Greg Linelli. That's great, folks. That's great right there. On Lightning Power Play. Don't look now, Lightning fans, because I know there are some out there who just don't want to give the team credit or have any patience with them. They've got 48 points through 39 games, only three points out of second place with three games in hand on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Keep in mind, folks, Tampa Bay is going to be playing Boston and Toronto. Uh, what is it, three times each towards the end of the year here? And I think what you see right now, Boston, Toronto, Tampa, I don't know if it's going to be in that exact order. I think those are your three teams making it out of the Atlantic Division. It isn't interesting, too. The Lightning have a better plus-minus uh, when it comes to goal differential than Toronto. Tampa Bay's a plus-18. Toronto's a plus-17, but they've played three more games. Pretty impressive stuff for the Lightning, who have won five in a row, 13 straight against Atlantic Division teams, and they're 7-2-1 and one in their last 10 after beating Montreal 2-1. How about the Canadians? Made a couple of trades yesterday. Marco Scandella on the back end. They pick him up uh, from Buffalo. And then they sign Ilya Kovalchuk to a uh, one-year, two-way contract. He's going to get paid the same amount, whether he's in the AHL or NHL. Clearly, Montreal needs some help scoring. We saw that last night. And really, I think the difference in the last two games between these two teams, when Montreal had the Great start when they had 17 shots before Tampa Bay recorded their first. And last night when I thought they dictated play for a good portion of the game, they couldn't finish. Now, give credit to Andre Vasilevsky. He was the difference in the game last night. He was my number one star when Eric Erlinson and I did our three stars on the last call last night. Uh, it wasn't the greatest game Tampa Bay played, but they found a way to finish. And that's been kind of a theme we've discussed before. I know Dave Michigan has been hitting this home pretty good over the last couple of weeks, that the Lightning, you know, maybe we can nitpick with their start and maybe their starts haven't been always great, but the Lightning have found ways to close out games. And that's a sign of a team that is feeling pretty confident about the way they're playing because you know if you're up, and that typically means when you're finishing games, you're protecting a lead, the other team is going to push back. And for the Lightning to be able to do that over the last couple of weeks has been impressive. And as we told you before, this has been a process, and I think this season, this regular season, will continue to be a learning process for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I've said from day one, I thought this this year would be a bit of a struggle. Uh, not the playoffs necessarily. I think once the playoffs start, again, assuming Tampa Bay gets in, I do think there will be somewhat of a weight lifted off their shoulder because they're expected to get back to the playoffs even after the disappointing uh, playoff first-round matchup against Columbus last year. But I think once you get in, for me, not that the pressure's off, but it's not as great as it was last year. I do think there will be a sense of relief once this team does get in. And I think this year, this regular season, has just been trying to, A, get right mentally, and B, try to change your game just a bit that allows you to be competitive when your offense dries up in the postseason. And I think the Lightning are, are learning about themselves. I think certain players are stepping up and accepting bigger roles. I think Alex Kalorn probably fits that category better than anybody. But I think you've made great strides in, in Mikhail Sergachev and his play. And I think it's it's been a lot of fun watching some of these players develop 
and continue to take that next step because they're going to need that in the playoffs. You know, whether Tampa Bay makes a trade or not at the deadline, I don't know. My guess is Julian Breezewell is going to do something. Uh, I don't know how impactful it'll be. But you want to see the improvements come from within. You want to see guys like Pollard, Kulorn, Sergachev, Sorelli all take big steps in their development because I think when that happens, you can't, you can't really quantify how good this Lightning team will be because I don't know if you know the ceiling of a guy like Sorelli. You know, maybe we thought we knew the ceiling of an Alex Kulorn, but clearly we don't. And maybe with Mikhail Sergachev, with his play, you always felt there was a big level for him to get to. You just didn't know when he was going to get there. And it seems like over the last month, something clicked. Something clicked with Sergachev, and it probably had to do more so with gaining some confidence and being a little bit more physical in his own zone. That has enabled him to be one of their better defensemen. And it has allowed them to get to this point 39 games in where they're uh, currently occupying the third spot in the Atlantic Division. Now, Florida is a point behind them, but they played one more game. And Buffalo is five points behind Tampa Bay, but they've played three more. So you can make a case that, you know, there's basically maybe four teams jockeying for three spots in the Atlantic. And who knows how it plays out. My money is probably on Boston, Toronto, and Tampa in no particular order being in your top three. But I've always liked Florida, and maybe they're able to catch a Philadelphia and a Carolina or a Pittsburgh, depending on who falls back into those wildcard spots. But I think if you're a Lightning fan, you know, react to me here. I mean, are, are you feeling a lot better about this team than you did a month ago? There was a lot of doom and gloom out there. And there were, boy, a lot of people who were just so angry about people who took the position, maybe like me, that said, let's wait till we get to Christmas. Let's wait till maybe the new year and see where this team is. And this team right now currently is in a playoff spot. And I think we all feel a lot better about that. We also have a poll question up. Which Lightning player has impressed you the most this year? Kalorn, Sergachev, or Palat? And I think a lot of people may go Kalorn, but Sergachev has been sneaky good this year. And he's allowed the Tampa Bay Lightning in their back end to really have a collection of players there who are playing at a very high level. Think about it. Hedman, Sergachev, and Shattenkirk, three guys who are playing as well as they have in their careers. I think that's pretty safe to say. Have the Lightning ever had a collection of defensemen like that who are playing at that high level before? I'm not sure. And they're high-end guys, too, particularly Sergeyev and Hedman. At Greg Linelli on Twitter, big show planned for you tonight. Dave Mishkin coming up in the next segment. Jason Cullimore will follow as the Lightning gets set to take on the Sens tomorrow night. But a big win last night against Montreal. They downed them 2-1. to one. Andre Vasilevsky was fantastic. And a decent start for the Lightning. And they held on for the win and that's all you can ask for right now if you're a Lightning fan. We'll talk more about that with Dave when we return on Lightning Power Play. You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live. Kita Kutrop left circle, crosses Johnson, right circle. Jump score! Oh, what a snipe! The latest news, interviews, and more with your host, Greg Lanelli. He would not be denied! On Lightning Power Play. All right, Lightning Power Play Live continues on a Friday. Glad you're with us as we've been recapping the Lightning's win over the Canadians. Talking about the Lightning's winning streak, do you feel a little bit more comfortable now that Tampa Bay has won five in a row, 13 against Atlantic Division opponents, and now in a playoff spot? Doesn't mean they're going to finish there. We know that there's a lot of hockey left to be played, but certainly 
Uh, Tampa Bay's done a nice job of uh, getting back into the game, so to speak, and uh, staying in a, a playoff spot here over the last week. And here to talk about the team and so much more, our good friend, Dave Michigan, of course, the radio voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He'll be calling the game tomorrow night in Ottawa with Kaylee Chelios. Dave, good to be with you. And I want to start with something I think you brought up for sure on the post game, and you and I were, were talking about it a bit during our segment, is that, you know, the Lightning start to some games this year have been, you know, up and down. Uh, I think at times you'd, you'd like to see the Lightning start a bit better. Of course, the start last night was tremendous. They get a goal within a minute. But I think something you brought up that really resonated last night, and, and that's the fact that the Lightning now are starting to close out games a bit better. And, you know, if you had to choose between one or the other, you know, obviously you'd like to do both, get a good start and, and finish things off. But, you know, to be able to close things out when you're leading um, and really put your foot on the neck of your opponent to, to get two points, I think is something that is very important for this team, not only in the regular season, but hopefully in the playoffs, that uh, winner mentality to, to win and um, close things out when you can. And yeah, I feel like maybe the last couple of weeks we've seen the, the Lightning do a pretty good job of that. What do you make of, of being able to, to finish off games when you have the chance? It's so critical. Now, if you're going to finish off a game, that means you have a lead in the third period, which is important. But you look at the five games they won in a row. So the first game was a blowout went over Florida. So they had a big lead going into the third. And look, they didn't let the Panthers get back into that game. And that's good. But if we're going to equate this to playoff-type hockey, there aren't going to be too many games where they have like a four- or five-goal lead in the third period. They're more likely to be tied or you're up one. So let's look at the next four. In the home game against Montreal, the Lightning took a one-goal lead in the third. Shirley scored very early in the third to make that game 5-3. It was still reasonably close. The Canadians would score late on a on a power play with the goalie pulled on a six-on-four to make it 5-4. But the Lightning, up until the late power play for the Canadians, completely locked that game down. As good as the Canadians were at the start of that game, and that was the game, of course, where they came out of the gates and jumped out to a 2 nothing lead and had a huge shot-on-goal advantage, the Lightning just locked it down. And the Canadians didn't really have much going at all until they got that late power play. Good thing Sorelli scored early in the third because the Canadians did score on a six-on-four, and those can be tricky to defend. And that extra goal proved to be the game winner for the Lightning. The next night, they played Detroit. That's a 1-1 game going into the third, even though the Lightning had really dominated play. They got the somewhat early goal from Braden Point to go up 2-1, and they just completely dominated puck possession the rest of that third period, as they had done for much of the game. And Detroit really didn't generate anything at all (laughs) the rest of the game. Then you have the Buffalo game. That was a game the Lightning trailed going into the third, but got two goals to grab the lead. And once it became 5-4, I thought the Lightning shut down the Sabres 5-on-5. The Sabres' best looks came when they got two late power plays. But even on those, you know, the Lightning did a good job getting through those penalty kills. And they also handled the 6-on-5 after the goalie had been pulled. So, again, they played well with a one-goal lead. They got the empty net late to make it 6-4. Then there was last night's game. Last night's game was 2-1 going into the third. It was a much different type of third period because unlike these other games where the Lightning, by and large, had played with the puck 
In other words, you're protecting the lead by playing with the puck. So the other team is not generating much because they don't have the puck. Last night was different. The Lightning in the second and the third did not have nearly as much puck possession as they would have liked or normally do. And we can delve into why that happened. But in a third period, on the road, we're facing a desperate team, and you're holding onto a one-goal lead. The Lightning actually you know, were able to get through that third period quite well also. They defended very well in front of Andre Vasilevsky. I thought they were hard on puck when they came to those dangerous areas in the slot. They had to kill another penalty, which they did sensationally. That was four on three that turned into a five on four for the Canadians, and they didn't generate much. And you're going to see that type of game, no matter what team you are, you're going to see that type of game in the playoffs. Let's just say hypothetically, you have a closeout game in a series, you're on the road, and you take one goal lead in the third period. I think that it would be great, but it would not be expected that you're going to have 70% of the puck possession in the third period of that game. The other team is facing elimination. They're going to throw everything they can at you, and you have to find a way to navigate to the finish line and get it across the finish line. That was the sort of game we saw last night, and the fact that they were able to win that sort of game, as well as the Detroit game, as a point of comparison where they had so much puck possession was a really encouraging sign. Dave, when we talk about how you know good they've been over the last couple of weeks, although you know I, I think a lot of people would look back and say the global series against Buffalo, Tampa Bay started to maybe play a certain way that uh, is very similar to maybe how the coaching staff wants them to play. They haven't done it every game, of course. We know that. But do you feel like they've really made some strides since that uh, global series in Sweden? And um, I, I really believe that you know this is a team that um, is ascending, and you know they haven't hit their peak yet. I don't think they've topped out yet. I, I think they continue to improve, and I, I think that's probably what you're hoping for throughout an 82 game season: is that you're not peaking too early. That by the time the playoffs roll around, maybe you, you've started to find your game. I think that we saw in the the games in Sweden and then carrying forward was, for the most part, a very consistently high compete level, which leads to a lot of puck battles won, which leads to a lot of offensive zone possession time, which for the Lightning leads to a lot of scoring chances. And I think in most of the games since they were in Stockholm and came back from Stockholm, they have outshot, outpossessed, and outchanced the opposition. Now, it's hard to do that every game, and it's hard to do that for 60 minutes. They've had a couple of clunkers, but I think all teams have that over the course of a long regular season. We're talking about two months now, right, since they were in Stockholm. So the game in St. Louis wasn't great. The game in Washington right before Christmas, they didn't play particularly well. And they've also had stretches in games where they have not been sharp, notably the first period in Buffalo uh, just recently would count, I think, in, in that category, as well as the start they had in the home game against Montreal, which we just talked about. Even in those games, they then kind of flipped the script. And I think by the end of the game, you would still say the Lightning had an edge in those important categories of possession, shots and scoring chances last night's game i think falls into a different category and the reason for montreal's 
advantage, if you want to call it that. The Lightning did not manage the puck very well in the second period, and that fueled Montreal's attack. And also the Lightning were facing a desperate team that was very hungry for points. The Canadians came in having lost three in a row, including a game to the Lightning. That was the game in Amelie Arena. They were looking up at the Lightning in the standings. Their pace to kind of keep up to make the playoffs was slipping. They desperately needed points. You're going to get games like that. The Canadians played well. The Canadians played very well after the first couple of shifts. And I think you have to tip your cap to the opposition for how well they executed to keep the pressure on, particularly in the final 40 minutes on the Lightning. So that's a game where the Lightning did not have an advantage in puck possession, an advantage in shot, or an advantage in scoring chances. But they still found a way to win the game. Now, I don't think that that's the way they want every game to go. They would rather have most games like the ones that we've been talking about where they're kind of dictating action the majority of the night. But when you get a game like you had last night, you combine excellent goaltending with kind of a committed defensive effort. And when I say defensive effort, I'm talking about playing without the puck in your own zone, which I think we saw from the landing last night. They blocked 21 shots. They, they had three pretty good penalty kills, even though the one goal Montreal scored came a few seconds after one of those penalties ended. It doesn't take away from the good penalty kill. That was actually an excellent penalty kill for the Lightning, where they had the puck shorthanded for like a good 30 seconds and just passed it around. So I think the Lightning kind of checked some boxes last night that maybe they have not had to check in, in some of these other games. And you're going to get games like that. Not every game is going to go exactly to script the way you want it to. And the fact that they were able to win last night's game kind of following a different script, I think, as I just mentioned, was a positive sign. But to your to your overall point, what we've seen from the Lightning since early November, consistently high work ethic, compete level, lots of puck possession, and for the most part, by the end of the game, you would say they had the run of play. And that's really Lightning hockey. That's what we're talking about when we say, you know, the way the Lightning want to play. And combining it with, you know, a little bit more risk averse <laughs> decision making where, you know, if they have a two goal lead, just make sure the other team doesn't score. You don't need to win by six, right? So if a play is there to be made, make it, but don't force a play that might jeopardize you on a counter. And I think the lightning have been improving in that in that regard as well this year. The voice of the Lightning, Dave Michigan, joining us here on Lightning Power Play Live. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with part two of our interview with Dave Michigan. Don't forget, coming up a little later on in the program as well, we'll talk to Jason Cullimore, former Lightning defenseman and Stanley Cup champ. It's all coming up next on Lightning Power Play. You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live. Shot taken, Morgan! What a save by Vasilevsky! No rebound! The latest news, interviews, and more. No. With your host, Greg Lanelli. Really? On Lightning Power Play. Lightning Power Play Live rolls along. Greg Lanelli with you. Dave Mishkin has been gracious enough to hang on for one more segment here on the show. If you want to get involved in the conversation, you can at Greg Lanelli. Dave, you and I, we're not goaltending experts. You know, certainly we can evaluate guys and give our opinions. But I'm curious, when you've looked at Vasilevsky's play this year, and I, I thought he was really good uh, last night, what's interesting to me is a lot of people will point to last year was very good 
in what they call the high danger areas. Really uh, great scoring opportunities for the opposition. And, and Vasilevsky was one of the best, if not the best, in coming through with a big save. This year, uh, when compared to uh, last year, uh, a bit off. And I'm just wondering, just in general, though, is it is it reasonable to expect Vasilevsky to be that good like he was last year in those high-danger areas year in and year out? I guess we should say yes, because he's getting paid like that, or he will be next year. But do you feel like uh, you're playing with fire a bit when you're relying on your goaltender to be uh, really excellent in areas where the goal scorers sometimes have the advantage? I think that's kind of a two-part question, Greg. So let me address the last part of it first. You don't want to have to rely on your goaltender to bail you out. And I think that's what the Lightning are trying to get to when they're talking about adjusting their game. They want to change their identity. They're still a speed-skill team that is very dangerous offensively. And they don't want to take that out of their game. What they want to do, though, is taper some of the decision-making that might lead to dangerous chances for the opposition. Whether you're making a high-risk play, they may have a high reward, too. It'd be better to make the safer play that doesn't expose you for a counter. So I think that that is, that is important, and that is something Leiden are working towards. The other part of the question, though, is it is it reasonable to expect that Vasilevsky can continue what he did last year, or is it fair to expect it? I think the answer is, is yes, not because he did it last year, but because I think to this point, this year has been the exception, not, a, not the rule for Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky has a track record of being that goalie that can make those incredible saves on a regular basis. So if you believe that, you know, his play has dipped somewhat this year, I think that's a fair assessment, and he even acknowledged it in an article that Joe Smith did on Vasilevsky for The Athletic. He referred to himself as an average goalie, I think, a way, way average goalie. It's really in two areas. He's probably allowing more goals on quote-unquote routine saves or saves that, that he would normally make than we've seen in the past. But he's also not been as efficient, if that's the right word, at erasing dangerous chances, like the acrobatic saves that we've seen from him regularly so far this year. So what do we make of that? Well, what I would say at this point is there's no reason to not believe that he's going to become a different goalie. Like, he's going to be the goalie that he has been throughout his NHL career. We can't base you know, 25 games on what he's done in the past and say, well, he's not able to make those tough saves anymore. I think he is. I think that he's going through a patch where it's not working for him, but the body of work that he has produced in the NHL would tell you that, yeah, he's still that guy. That's who he is. That's his style as a goaltender. Well, Steven Stamkos is going to shoot the puck very hard and very accurately from his spot at the left faceoff circle. That's his game. Vasilevsky has shown that he is capable of playing at that incredibly high level for a sustained period of time going back beyond last year. So that's how I would answer the question. 
I think that we can expect that Vasilevsky is going to return to the norm for him, which is exceptional, which is why he's considered one of the best, if not the best goalies in the world right now. Uh, and I think last night we saw some of that. I mean, the save he made on Max Domi in the first period was that type of Vasilevsky save. And it came not long after a similar play happened in the Montreal end where Carey Price was not able to stop Kucherov on a miscue around the net. The Lightning had a miscue around their net, and it led to Lekkinen setting up Domi for what looked to be a sure goal, and Vasilevsky came out of nowhere to make the save. So he hasn't lost that in his arsenal is what I'm trying to get across, at least in my opinion, and I think that we're going to see a return to the mean, <laughs> except the mean is, is, is above <laughs> where his play has been, I think, for the, for the early part of the season. Dave, what do you make of the play of some of the defensemen on the back end right now for the Lightning? It appears that you've got more than a couple of guys who are playing at a pretty high level. Victor Hedman's been tremendous. Mikhail Sergachev has taken maybe that next step. Kevin Shattenkirk's really been solid all year long. Jan Rutsa, I know he's been down, but uh, was uh, working pretty well there uh, before he got hurt. Uh, it seems like as a mix here, the Lightning back end is playing as well as we've seen. Well, certainly Sergeyev has gotten a lot of press recently, and Julian Griezmann singled out Sergeyev in a kind of state of the team address after Christmas when he met with the media, and deservedly so. I think Sergeyev is really taking huge steps in terms of his play defensively without the puck in his own end. And that's helped his confidence. And we've seen that confidence bleed into what he's doing in the offensive zone. But I think as a whole, the Lightning defense core is having a good season. And when we talk about, well, why are they owning the possession battle for most of the games in the last two months? Part of that is, how are you coming out of your own end? Now, this is an area that they struggled in in the second period last night. So when you struggle coming out of your own zone, a lot of times it is the defense. Like, they're getting the puck. They're having to make the right decision and then execute it properly. Sometimes it's not the defense. Sometimes it's, it's more on the forwards. But if your defense as a group are struggling, you're going to see it in D-zone turnovers, which means that you're going to have to spend a lot of time in your own end, which is what happened last night, particularly in the second period where they had icings and missed passes and, and failed clear attempts. The fact that the Lightning have had so much possession time in, in a positive way over these last two months, I think speaks in part to how well the defensemen are managing the puck. Now, that's only part of their job. They also have to play without the puck well. Uh, and I think we've seen good play from, from the group of six plus, you know, whoever is in there as well. But to me, it's been noticeable, you know, Victor Hedman is taking charge coming out of his own end. Sometimes he's skating it out. He's making those outlets tape to tape. We've seen it from Sergachev. We've seen it from McDonough. We've seen it from Shattenkirk. Like the entire group, I think, has played at a very high level with the puck. And I think that's helped Lightning's game as a whole. Dave, lastly here, what do you make of the game tomorrow night against the Ottawa Senators? It's a team that's played the Lightning well this year. We know they're they're not in a playoff spot, but they've got some younger guys who uh, want to make an impression. They play hard, and 
sometimes when you go against an opponent like that, it, it's more difficult sometimes to come out with a win. What do you make of uh, the game tomorrow night? Well, the teams have played twice. The Lightning did not play particularly well in the first meeting here in Ottawa, which incidentally was the last time the Lightning lost a game within the division. They won 13 straight against Atlantic division opponents and are 15 and two overall this year within the division. The last loss was back in October here to the senators. And that was a game in which, like you mentioned, the senators play hard. That was a game in which the senators outworked the lightning. And thankfully we can say we really haven't seen it that much since the two games in Sweden, but they had some games at the start of the year where they did get outworked. And the game in Ottawa was one of those games. The game in the arena was much different. The Lightning really dominated that game. But what happened in that game was the Lightning had a couple of key mistakes that led to Ottawa goals. And the game ended up going to overtime. And then Anthony Sorelli scored that highlight reel overtime goal. The Lightning did win it. It was a hard-fought win. But they matched and probably exceeded Ottawa's work ethic on that night. Now the senators, I believe played the night before in Florida and had gotten blown out, but it was the second half of a back to back for them in, in this game tomorrow, both teams will, you know, not be playing the second half of a back to back. Both teams will play it on Thursday. So they will be on equal footing in that regard. So I think for the lightning, they have to make sure that they match Ottawa's work ethic because that's going to be there pretty consistently from the Senators and has been there. The Senators have also, I know they lost to the Panthers here last night at home, but as a whole, they've been a good home team this year. Their home record is is quite good. Uh, they've struggled on the road. So I think the Lightning have to be ready for the challenges of playing here against a team that you know is going to work very, very hard. Hopefully you can say they learned their lesson in the first game because I think they did learn their lesson in the second game, where they, their work ethic was much, much higher. And if not for a couple of mistakes, and that was the game where Kucherov, you know, had the turnover and Duclair scored, and then Kucherov was benched in the third period. Aside from a couple of mistakes that came back to bite them, the Lightning played pretty well, more than pretty well. They played quite well in that game and, and really should have won it in regulation if not for you know, Ottawa's goaltending and, and those couple of isolated mistakes. So that's the script that they want to use tomorrow. But, you know, they, they already found the hard way that it's very conceivable they could lose this game tomorrow uh, against a team that, that does bring a very, very high compete level and work ethic. So I think that's the formula that we need to make sure that they bring to the ice tomorrow and then let the chips fall where they may. Dave, good stuff. We look forward to talking to you and Kaylee on the broadcast tomorrow night, and uh, we'll do it again soon. All right, Craig. Thanks. All right, that's the great Dave Mishkin. When we return, we'll talk to Jason Cullimore, former Lightning defenseman and Stanley Cup champ. It's all coming up next on Lightning Power Play. You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live. Crosby, open in front, backhand shot. What a save. miraculous stop. The latest news, interviews, and more. Finally! With your host, Greg Lanelli. Oh, the relief on his face. On Lightning Power Play. All right, Lightning Power Play Live continues here on a Friday. So glad you're with us. The Lightning continue to put up some wins. They've won five in a row after 
downing the Montreal Canadiens last night. Hard-fought win, no doubt about that. The Lightning uh, scoring in the first minutes, but Montreal, you can make a case, really outplayed the Lightning for the majority of that game. I thought uh, Andre Vasilevsky was the difference, vintage Vasi, so to speak, in that game. But all that matters is that Tampa Bay picked up two more points, and now they get set to take on the Ottawa Senators tomorrow night on the road. Here to talk about it, our good friend, former Lightning defenseman and Stanley Cup champ, Jason Cullimore on the show via the phone line. Cully, great to be with you, bud. Happy uh, New Year. Hope the holidays were nice and relaxing for you. And uh, boy, for the Lightning, uh, pretty good over the last uh, week or so, even with the the holiday break. Um, I don't know if this is kind of a sign that the Lightning are turning the corner, but anytime you win five in a row in today's game, uh, it's impressive. And so far, that's what they've done. Yeah, it definitely is. It's... uh... And you know what, too? I like the fact that they've done it in a variety of ways. Uh, the fact that they had to come back in games from, from being down when they when they played Montreal, uh, you know, the first time, and then now uh, playing Montreal last night, having that one goal game and having to battle and having to play strong defensively, some of the guys may be not having their their strongest games or their best games, and they would probably admit that, but being able to work through those things, because you're not always going to be able to play your best, uh, but be able to battle through as a team, especially in the in the last couple minutes when, when Montreal had their the goalie pulled and they had an extra man, they really didn't get any great opportunities, and, and that's good to see, and that's, that's about battle, that's about positioning, um, you know, and that's about uh, just being determined as a group um, to, to come away with that win. So, yeah, it's, you know, with the, the new era and, and the three-point games and the, you know, teams getting a point for a tie, you know, sometimes it, it's hard for teams to, to make their way up, up the standings. And right now the Lightning are able to do that with, with five big wins and hopefully they can continue to do it um, because some of the teams that, that they're trying to chase you know, aren't, aren't playing quite as well right now. Well, Kali, it is interesting. You mentioned tightening up a bit defensively. How about over 20 block shots last night? And while Vassie was playing really well, the Lightning defensively were really trying not to give Montreal too much in that third period. Yeah, and you know that's something that if you look in the past couple of years, something that the Lightning have been working on. That's something as a group they've been working on. Um, you know, yes, Vassy last night made some big saves and really kept them in the game. Um, but you also had guys making key defensive plays, playing strong. And like I said, I think towards, especially towards the end of the third period, I think they were... Uh, playing the way they want to in the defensive zone. Um, you know, guys were were making up for slight errors. Guys were getting in the shooting lanes. Guys were battling in the corners. Um, we're doing the right things. And and to me, and, and maybe it's because I was that, that guy, the defensive defenseman that, uh, you know, lived to play in, in those types of games. It, I think it was good to see. And then those... Uh, it'll go a long way as far as the confidence with the team defensively. And, um, you know, 
know, you're going to have games where where offensively things just maybe are clicking for you. They didn't get, uh, I don't even know, did they get an opportunity on the power play last night's game? Um, but either way, you know, sometimes your power play is not going to be working uh, the way you want it to. You're not going to get that opportunity. So especially we saw that in playoffs, you know, things change and, and you're going to have to win games like they did last night. Yeah, no, you're right. They didn't get an opportunity on the power play. And the, the interesting thing there is that they score in the first minute of the game. And then basically Montreal came out and really dictated play. And look, Cully, you can make a case. Both teams needed that win, but Montreal probably needed it more than Tampa Bay. They had lost three in a row coming into that game. Uh, as a, uh, a former athlete, you've been in those situations before. When you know that a team is probably going to be as desperate as they possibly can be in the regular season. Do you prepare it differently before that game, or is it just, you know, checks and balances still? You, you make sure that you have your responsibilities and you know where to be, or is there a little extra sense of motivation knowing that the other team's probably going to be coming hard? Yeah, you have to, you have to match or exceed what the other player, team is doing, what the player against you is doing. I mean, that's what it is. It's, uh, you know, if you break it down, simplify things. It's those one-on-one battles. It's uh, each shift, or you know, you can even break down shifts in, into components also. And you just have to outwork and outmatch the, the opponent you're on the ice with. So you definitely know they know going into games. You know, they talk about it. You have guys in the dressing room, even if the team is, you know, maybe down in the stands. Let's say. You know, we come closer to playoffs. The team is already out of the playoffs. Those teams can be very dangerous because they say that they have nothing to play for. Well, they do have something to play for because every player on that team is fighting for a job for next season. So there's a lot going on. So, yeah, guys are always talking about that before the game. Uh, You know, this team here is, you know, really pushing. They're they're desperate. They, They got a lot of pressure on them. You know, they're going to come out one card, and we have to be ready for it, and, and we have to match it and put it back. And it's those shifts in momentum that you're trying to – you're not going to go a whole 60 minutes and and keep a team uh, – well, you might have it, but very rare, where you would have a team for 60 minutes, and, and they don't have the momentum on their side. So you have to be aware of it, and, and that's something that the guys talk about before the games. Have you been as impressed with Mikhail Sergachev's play over the last month that um, a lot of people in that organization um, are as well, Cully? It really seems like he's taken that next step. Uh, if you do believe that, what do you think has been the difference watching? Has it just been his physical play? And uh, what makes being physical allowing him to be successful as a defenseman? Well, I think part of it is, uh, you know, I think last year, what, let's even go back for his first year, his rookie year. He had a good offensive season, you know, especially at the beginning, and then things dried up a little bit, and uh, and then came on a bit towards the end. I think last year, if you were to talk to him, he would, would probably say he was disappointed in his play because the offense wasn't there. And I, I I've heard him on interviews, which by the way he's doing much better in the interviews than he was. So. But what he's doing is saying, you know, that he wants to be on the offense. He wants to be able to do that and contribute offensively. He feels like that's his role. Um, the fact that he's been able to do that 
fairly regular here has really boosted his confidence. And what we're seeing, and, and here's something, and I think uh, you can talk to Mr. McCabe in Buffalo who realizes now that he is a strong kid. He's good on his skates. He has really good balance. And that goes a long way when you're battling in the corners, when you're playing deep on the defensive side of things. Um, and, you know, not only that, obviously we saw against Buffalo that transitions that if you have good balance and you're strong, you can defend yourself for fairly well in the fight. So I think it all goes into it, and it just seems like all these little things that have added up and built up, it's built up his confidence. Um, and I think for, for the big thing, if you were to talk to the coaches and the, the GM and Julian Brisebois, everybody involved, they would look at it and they would say that they wanted him to work on the defensive side of things. Like maybe last year, weren't so worried about the offense. They were, you know, focused on him playing better defensively. What we're seeing now is he is doing that. Um, but with the offense coming, it builds up his confidence, which also improves his defensive play. And it's just, uh, you know, it just seems like every game he's adding a little bit here, a little bit there, and his confidence is growing. You mentioned that fights with McCabe. What did you make of Sergachev handling himself in that instance? Do you remember your first fight, Kali? And I've got to think, you know, you can be as tough as anything, but you really don't know how good of a fighter you are until you you actually dance a bit. And um, I've got to think for Sergachev, who said he didn't want to throw down, kind of was forced into that situation. Take us through uh, that process as a guy who, uh, again, has uh, played in the league a long time. You've been in some fights. That first one, when you haven't done it before, what's going through your mind and what, what's the emotion like? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I, quite honestly, I don't even remember. I'd have to go back and look. I, I don't know who my first fight was against. Um, and, and again, kind of like Sergeyev, you know, what he spoke, he didn't really want, want to have do it, but it just kind of happens and that's, the way things, I, the way I play, there was never a time where I went and asked somebody to fight, or they asked me, and we we, we fought. So if if it's part of the game, and you're defending yourself. It's a it's a different uh, different aspect than you know these guys who go and ask each other to do it. When it's in the game, your adrenaline is pumping, and you get upset, or the other guy's upset. You know, you have to defend yourself, and it, and like you said, it just happens. Um, and yeah. I mean, some guys you know, you know as a uh, as a player, you know whether you can hold your own or not. Uh, but the thing is, when it when it comes down to it, all, all it takes is one punch, and one way or the other, um, and, and things can turn in, in a fight. It, it was good to see him do it to be able to stick up for himself. Um, I think it it probably surprised uh, some guys, and, and with the with social media, everybody saw that fight. Um, so people now and on the other team are, are going to realize that, see it, they see it. Uh, you know, they might think twice about, uh, you know, giving them an extra shot or doing that that sort of thing. Um, so it, it was good on him. It, you know, I don't think we'll see a lot of it from him, but it, it was good to see him do it. And, and you got to think it also got the teammates uh, up after that and. Um, you know, it's uh, it was good, good for him. 
You know, I asked this question the other day. I'm curious what you think uh, your response would be. The, the Lightning, they have uh, you know a few restricted free agents next year, and I think uh, every one of them will be back with the Lightning. But it's going to be interesting because you have Mikhail Sergachev, Eric Chernak, and Anthony Sorelli all have done very well over the last couple of years. But I'm wondering if you were to, if you were to rank those guys one to three right now, uh, I used to think it would probably be Sorelli um, at the top of that list. I think you could have made a case last year. It might have been Chernak with how good he was with McDonough. But if you were to rank them one to three in terms of how well they've played this year, you probably can make a strong case that Sergachev would be priority number one for uh, Julian Brees. Well, again, all three of those guys I think are going to get done and get paid pretty decently. But in terms of impact this year, um, Sergachev's making a case out of those guys. Yeah, he, he definitely is. And, and not only that, and I'm sure this is what uh, the Lightning are going to look at, but what, what's the upside? Is there more potential? Is, is this just the beginning? Uh, or do you think that uh, one of these players is playing at the top of his game and you know, there, there's, that's the limit, that's the ceiling of, of his game? Uh, you look at someone like Sergachev and you got to think, well, there's potential, even though he's playing great now, there's potential for him to do even better. They're, they're going to look at that. They're going to figure that out. And, you know, arguments can, can be made for, for all three of them, uh, you know, as far as that, as far as how they've played. So it's not just how they've played in the present or in the past, but, you know, what, what's their potential in the future. And that's something that they're going to have to look at and, and, and try to hopefully. It's not going to guess. It's more of an educated guess on that for, for the, the Lightning moving forward with these players. And, um, you know, it's a great position to be in, but it's a tough position to be in with Lightning. You know, they're going to have to make decisions whether or not it's the unrestricted free agents, but other players, um, you know, with a salary cap, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. And there's going to be a lot of business decisions that are going to have to be made at the end of this year. And, Hopefully uh, they'll be making it these decisions on, on a good note, sour note, uh, you know, like we had last summer in the off season. It is interesting when you take a look at uh, this run that the Lightning have been on, and um, especially against the division, thirteen in a row. You always want to put more stock in the division, but winning thirteen in a row, Kyle, that certainly is going to expedite you uh, getting back into the playoff picture because the Lightning are, are wiping the floor right now with teams in their division. Yeah, it's, you know, we've been talking, you know, most of the season um, how they, they need to put a, a string of wins together. Um, right now they're, they're on that, that little streak. Hopefully they can continue with it. Um, but like you said, you, you look at the, the streak, the winning streak that they have within their division, and and if it, it, it doesn't make a big difference because those are four point games. Those are those are games where, and what you mean by that is, if you get two points against the, someone in your division, they get zero points. You're you're essentially making it up, making four points because if they were playing someone else and they won, it would be tie. You get two points, they get two points, and you're, you're no nowhere the better. So um, it is important, especially in the standings, just to be able to do well in your division to make some of that climb. Um, you know, if everybody in your division keeps winning while you're winning, you're not going to make up any, any uh, points. 
So right now it seems to be working for the Lightning. Hopefully they can continue the success they have in their division and uh, keep chipping away here. Uh, you know, they had played fewer games than than the other teams. Um, you know, that's going to – I think it, it should come close to to being even here in the next little while. So, you know, you can't use that as an excuse, And but they've taken advantage of those games that they had in hand and, and are making their way up the standings. How impressed have you been with Alex Kalorn's play this year, Kelly? He's been consistently good all year long, and I think when you can, when you're consistently good, you can make a case you might be performing the best out of all the forwards. Um, I know he's not Kucherov. I know he's not Stamkos. He's not going to score 40, but he's on pace for a career year, and I think as a coach, all you ask for your players is to be consistent, and that's what he's done. Yeah, he has. And, you know, it's it's that secondary scoring that, that team's always looking for. They're always talking about. Um, you know, I, I happened to watch a little bit of the Colorado-St. Louis game last night, and, you know, that was something that Colorado, they, they felt that they had one line that they relied on for all their scoring. They need to get secondary scoring. So they went out and moves to do it. Um, right now, the Lightning they they necessarily haven't made moves, but they've they've had guys be able to come for them. Uh, you know, you look at the guys like Plot, Johnson, Clorn, Sorelli. We talked about these guys, and it, you know, so that you know, there's going to be nights where the other teams match up against your top line and and can, are able to shut them down or keep them off the scoreboard whether it's totally off the scoreboard or not, um, you have to have those, those other guys come through. And, and right now, like you said, Kalorn seems to be the guy who is most consistent with it. Um, he is having a great year. And, and it, 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 you know, to have someone like that have, have a good year like he is, he plays five on five, he plays on the power play, he plays, plays on the penalty kill. So, when you have someone that, that does all that and you can rely upon it, it's uh, definitely an advantage to the coaching staff and, and to be able to tap a guy like that on the shoulder. Um, you know, it just seems that that he's enjoying it, and, and you know, why shouldn't he? He's, he's doing well when you do well and succeed. Uh, you know, it, it, it's fun. It's a fun game to play. And right now, if you were to ask him, he'd probably have the most fun he's had in a long while. I wanted to ask you this as a, as a guy who played, and sometimes the scheduling can be an issue. Lightning have a game tomorrow in Ottawa, and then Sunday, 5 o'clock in Carolina. Uh, as an athlete, I don't know if you openly talk about it or not, but do you look at that and say, that's a tough schedule? And when they talk about scheduled losses, does that resonate with you? Does that make sense? And is Sunday one of those you have to keep an eye on? I don't know. I, you know, it's it, Funny thing with that is there there have been guys or, or times when I was playing where where you'd have games and it, it was something similar to that, but you just find a way. I mean, sometimes it was the, it was the best game you end up playing because everyone's, uh, you know, you have to be mentally so prepared and, and mentally ready to go in those games um, that, you know, you just play well. Um, some of the best games I've played were when I was, was sick or, or injured. You know, you just find your focus so much on the game um, that that you pull, pull through and, and have a good game. So, I, I mean, 
it, it can hurt, obviously. I mean, if you, you know, say have back-to-back games like this and then early start on the second game, if you go into overtime or if you have a big uh, physical, uh, you know, emotional-type game against the, the team the night before, sometimes the turnaround can, can, can bug you. But, you know, the... They're pretty well looked after, and they look after themselves and the, the recovery. And what do you eat right after the game? Um, you know, are you getting enough sleep? Do you need, uh, um, you know, anything nutrition-wise or anything? It, it, the one thing that it will uh, can really interfere with this is, is if guys are injured, have those little nagging injuries that that's tough to play uh, in back-to-back games. So, um, it will it be tough, of course. It, it, it'll be tough, but that's uh, that's what you got to go through with the, with the regular season schedule. Kelly, before we let you go, now that Tampa Bay's in third place in the Atlantic, obviously you don't want to let up. You want to continue this good play and move on. Uh, players look at the standings. It's been a grind this year. Um, do you you look at it and say, okay, that's that's one of our goals. We're in we're in the playoff spot now. Let's let's keep it going or do you have to make sure you don't become complacent and let up a bit? Yeah, there's no, uh, there's no letting up this year. I mean, you know, last year obviously they they were up ahead and and everyone was trying to catch them, so they had to to figure out ways to to motivate themselves every game. I think right now um, there's no nights off, there's no easy games. Uh, we've seen that through, throughout the league. You know, at any given time, any team can can beat the 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 last place team can beat the top place team at any night. So uh, that, they're going to be prepared. They're going to be ready to go. Um, you know, I'm sure from their standpoint, they well, I'm sure I can definitely tell you that that they want to win and they want to keep the streak going. Uh, they want success because it then you know everything else is is better when you're winning and on a streak. Um, you know, you're not having to answer those questions. You're not having to, uh, you know, come up with reasons why the team isn't doing what they everyone expects. So, yeah, they're going to keep pushing. They're going to, uh, you know, hopefully we we don't see many times where, um, you know, they have to get the the blender out or the dice and and switch up lines like they did in in Buffalo and, and to get things going that way. Um, but yeah, they're they're going to be ready to go and, and and keep pushing here until playoffs. Kelly, great stuff. We'll do it again next week, and we'll see if the uh, Bolts can continue their good play. All right, thanks, Greg. That's Jason Collinmore joining us there. That's going to wrap it up for us tonight on the show. We'll be with you again tomorrow. My show, five thirty to six thirty, leading into the pregame as the Lightning gets set to take on the Ottawa Senators, and you can listen to it right here on Lightning Power Play.